Let's talk about cameras. It wasn't that many years ago where people were outraged at placing cameras at intersections, you know, stop red light cameras and all the scuttlebutt and all the pressure uh, caused a lot of municipalities to remove those. There are some still available. Cameras on the streets for the police to monitor activity. Lots of people think that's a violation of freedom, but you're in a public space, so I guess that's fine. But what about cameras in homes that are for sale? Many questions pop up. There's an article I posted inside the podcast, so you can look at that one. There's a survey that was recently done, I think in the San Francisco area, that three out of every 10 sellers have cameras in their home and they're watching you. But the questions are, how many sellers actually use cameras to watch visitors when they visit their homes that are for sale? Do they have them strictly for security purposes? in case anybody breaks in? And are they monitoring the visitors, the potential buyers? Is it legal in your state to record video and audio without the person's permission? Do they need your permission to collect it? Or by posting a sign perhaps of saying, hey, I'm videotaping anything. Or if they see a sticker that says you may be on video, is that giving express or implied permission? Will agents warn buyers not to say a darn thing inside the house or in front of the doorstep or choose not to reveal truths about the property while inside your house, but maybe at a later time in a more private setting? In wealthy communities, higher property taxes were really not a concern before, were they? But they are concerned now. Rising property taxes are disproportionate in areas of gentrification. Yeah, in homes in poor communities, they get sold, flipped, more expensive homes get built. And as a result of that, higher property taxes are distributed to those left over, which are usually poorer people who can't afford the property taxes and therefore creates a backdoor opportunity to push these people out on the streets for the new homes to be built. And this is uh, a concern. So there, I did post an article about that in this Anchor podcast. Take a look. In a recent Mortgage Daily News article, they reported 1.45 million of the 2.2 million delinquent mortgages being 30 or more days delinquent are seriously delinquent, yet they never define what that meant. But the majority of them, the actual percentage wasn't disclosed either, are under forbearance plans. In a forbearance plan, the loan owner or lender agrees to reduce or suspend the payments for a set amount of time, only to pick those up at a later date. It's not a repayment plan where they skip payments and then raising the monthly payment down the road to compensate for the missed payment period. Now, a lot of people think that there's going to be a wave of foreclosures. I think lenders are going to try to, in their power, with the government's power, is to let those people pay off those mortgages, maybe in a little longer period of time, or work out some arrangements. But 
the large hedge funds have a lot of pull and a lot of lobbying interests that BlackRock, Opendoor, Zillow, and others present their purchasing ideas for those mortgages, thousands, hundreds of thousands of properties, uh, maybe all of those properties. They want to step in and they all want to purchase these and turn them into rental properties for those that can afford rent. So this is a Wall Street way of making a rate of return of 6 to 8% at least on these properties. So watch out. I think a lot of lenders want to make arrangements for the people to stay, but I think you're going to see thousands of properties being sold off to all these hedge funds who turn them into rentals and or sell them to the highest bidder. Well, is the housing market heating up or is it cooling down? It all depends, as I've said in previous podcasts. Housing market no longer heating up. New Redfin report shows Nashville housing boom is not expected to cool off this winter. Signs of continued heating here in North Texas condo market. Colorado home prices are rising, but so is inventory. Pace is slowing down a bit. The Miami Herald says, where is the ceiling? Miami-Dade home prices climbed last month. So again, it all depends. And eventually, hot markets will cool down. But it depends on job opportunities, available inventory, and many other factors. So who's to say? You know what's going on in your area, but it may not happen in other areas. So there's really no telling when some of these hot markets are going to cool down but some have already done so. I just posted the Realtor.com article from yesterday onto my blog this morning. It addresses the expectations of this fall's housing market. They do expect more homes to come on the market, but there's also an expectation of more buyers than those homes. So that indicates that the housing market should remain warm, not as hot as it was because there will be more inventory and eventually flush out all the buyers at higher prices. And yeah, the market's going to cool eventually. It's not expected to cool this fall. So just stay tuned and I'll update this as I need to. Real estate love letters are simply, as I mentioned on an earlier podcast, simply letters that the buyers want to write to give the seller an impression of how they're going to appreciate and use and grow their families and raise their families in how to enjoy the house but it does cause concern. Oregon banned those letters because of fair housing laws. North Carolina realtors are suddenly becoming aware of that. And some of them are even banning them from being submitted or proposed. And without knowledge of familial status, uh, which is a fair housing violation, uh, some realtors could really be in trouble. Anyway, North Carolina is realizing it. Uh, I'm surprised it took them so long. Hey, as a footnote, I posted an article entitled, Wall Street is Buying Up Family Homes. The Rent Checks Are Too Juicy to Ignore. Posted that in both the Anchor FM podcast and in my blog. Go ahead and click on it and read it. See for yourself. Well, let me end with a story that's timeshare for the wealthy. Picasso is a California company. They use a fractional home ownership model. They buy a house, refurbish it and furnish it. Then they create an LLC for it. They divvy up the ownership. So if you buy a share in the house, you can stay 44 nights per year in increments that cannot exceed 14 consecutive days per visit. You can also gift these stays to friends or family. So this is a way 
that they could be pissing off the neighbors. But we will see if this trend continues and it becomes popular. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Jim Parker, broker with Access Brokerage Real Estate, serving Metro Atlanta's home buying and home selling needs. 770-265-7293. Have a great week and God bless. Thank you.